No more Mr. Nice Duck. Drop that zero and get with the hero. <laughs> Excuse me? Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sewer and the Kodan Armada. And now, ladies and gentlemen, any further questions? Bar, yeah, please. For the first one who buys one, right? Ah. Souvenirs, novelties, party tricks. Apparently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Rusted Junk. This time we look at the 1989 film Leviathan, starring Peter Weller, Richard Crenner and Ernie Hudson. It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven. What's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. The Boston. My crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Help me. It's already killed one man. I'm losing compression. I can't breathe. Whatever got six-pack and Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six-pack. Six-pack, answer. Anything. What are you trying to tell us, Doc? It absorbs the intelligence of its victims. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. And that was Leviathan. Um, the trailer makes it sound amazing. Oh my god, that trailer! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it a me- good trailer. You, you you look at that trailer and you go, "I want to see that film." Yeah, you do. The trouble is, <laughs> the trailer might actually be better than the film. The trailer's got all the best bits in without revealing too much. It's pretty much so. If you watch the trailer, you pretty much know what's going on. Not, not completely. Hmm. Let's start. I, I need to start out with an apology. The apology is that I chose this film because, as you would have heard in the trailer, um, it has our podcast name. So the intro that we have, where he says, currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it obviously comes from this film so I had rose tinted spectacles of <laughs> a rose tinted view with the spectacles on um, of this film and went I can't wait to watch this again because right. it's brilliant okay timeline wise exactly how long ago and how old were you with your rose tints on well it came out in 1989 this is one of those films that obviously for fresh listeners of the podcast who purely don't want to know about any of the other films that we do is purely just want to hear our views on Leviathan. Um, I rented basically near enough every film that came out on VHS in the sort of 1984 onwards, whenever I could. Um, And Leviathan was there, 1989, and you just thought, well, it's got a great cast in it, which we'll get into in a moment. Um, But I I think it's probably safe to say that I watched it continually for a long time. What? Yeah, I mean, I got, you know... Do you really have no many, not many friends? No, yeah, I did. <laughs> I, was, I was working it around. Look, you know, when you come in from college, you're like, well, you've got work to do and stuff like that. You get that out of the way and then you go, right, okay, I'm not really bothered about the TV. Oh, I'm going to watch that film again. Yeah, I'll watch that film again. And then, again. you know what, I might put Jaws on and then I might put again. another film. Then I went to bed at 12. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, so yes. So a lot of, there was a lot of chance to watch films. <laughs> And then go out, you know? And then go out? And then go out. What, you going out at 12? No, I've not, no I could, if I'm out, I'll stay out longer than 12. Oh. Anyway, this... Out, so, out. Sorry for those people that, <laughs> that are tuning in for a, uh, you know, searing insight into uh, 
into our film so knowledge. 89? Yeah. How old are you, 89? Uh, 17. Oh, yeah, you probably could go out, out then. Yeah. 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 Mm, yeah. Yeah, I could, and I did. Um, anyway, back to the film. Um, this film wishes, this so, film desperately so wishes it was alien. And when was that made? 79. Oh, yeah. yeah ten, years, 10 years earlier. It's just... Even like that, that sea monster thing that they, they grab out of... Oh, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, no, but even that looks like one of the aliens, doesn't it? Did you not think? Uh, they had the same sort of colour. You know the... The, the, the spider, one that like attaches itself spider. to, yeah, to she, your mouth, the, the alien, that one. They find a little sea spider early on. It doesn't look like any sea spider I've ever seen, but they no. find it. And then when that jumps out, that looks like the mm. thing you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, that does. Yeah, that does. I thought that was going to be it. like the the thing about what the film is, but it obviously wasn't <laughs> you at think all. Was. That's, that's a, pretty early on. Well, you know. Anyway. Um, it's uh, before we go into the actor the, one of the films that was up against and it shows you the huge chasm in class and content and quality is that there was another underwater film released this year um, which was uh, The Abyss oh I like that film actually I don't know I'm not sure that was 1989 but it was close it's, it's close enough isn't there something like Deep something and there was Deep Star 6 as well which is also on our list so we're not going for two underwater films <laughs> with monsters underneath <laughs> on an oil platform type thing. Okay. Again, I know you want to do another Robert Downey Jr. film, but I've had to. I, I've had to. Fine. I've I had to rope you back from that. So anyway, um, roll call. So yeah, as we structure our podcast, we we got a new new bit. We're gonna, we've actually got some structure to the podcast, and I call this bit roll call. Go on then. Because it's like to say who's in the film. Oh, because yeah, okay. we do mention it. Not not us. People That's know who we say. are. I think people know who we Hello, are. Hello, I'm Charlie, and this is. Oh, me, Amanda. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, all right. Okay. Sorry. It's not that roll Completely call. Completely forgot what it's doing. Maybe we'll get a jingle for roll call. Roll, roll call. call. Anyway, let's <laughs> not that. <laughs> <laughs> I must apologise for my croaky voice. By the way, I'm not been feeling too well of late. So uh, that's hence the croakiness. She perks up in the pod when she's recording the podcast. Yeah, though. I do. Yeah. yeah, I've had a full day of auditing today, so I've been talking quite a lot. And and I think there's an auditor alert. Coming oh yes, there point. is. Yes, yes. We need a little alarm thing. I'm trying to find a film that in the eighties that wasn't that that doesn't have an auditor alert. Um, and I'm thinking one of the films that we're definitely going to be doing is George Three. And then when I was thinking about that, I think well, there's no auditor bit, and then there was oh. Yeah, there is. Oh. So, yeah, you've got that to look forward to. Nice. Yeah, follow our podcast and, oh, who knows where it goes, eh? Um, roll call. Um, Peter Weller. <laughs> Peter Weller, who is best known for Robocop, also known for 24. Uh, he was in the second Star Trek film, Star, Star Trek Into Darkness, where he played a bad guy. Um, but I kind of remember him as much for Robocop as for appearing in a film called Naked Lunch uh, which that was that sounds horrible yeah well it's a bizarre film really he plays um, Bill Lee in Naked Lunch and I do remember that because that was at my university days where participation in certain shall we say um, collective experiences uh, <laughs> meant that when you watched films like that you probably appreciated them slightly slightly better than he did um, anyway the next person is uh, Richard Craner who is best known for Colonel Troutman in the Rambo films and he's also in another of our 80s films he didn't appear he doesn't appear a lot in the 80s to be fair who it's a lot this? of Betty film that was the Doctor oh my god yeah well we'll get into him in a moment oh. uh, he's also in a film with John Candy called Summer Rental he plays the sort of crotchety grouchy guy never seen that either well it's on the list You'll be, you'll be happy to, uh, to know. Uh, Amanda Pays, she plays the engineer, the uh, female Oh, she's engineer. quite deep-voiced. She's quite deep-voiced, she is. Uh, she appeared in Max Headroom and Dempsey Makepeace. Dempsey Makepeace, yeah. oh yeah. I love Dempsey mm. Makepeace. Uh, finally, uh, well actually not finally actually, uh, Daniel Stern. 
Daniel Stern is best known as Marv in Home Alone, amongst many other films. But Aww. I know, but he doesn't. He plays an absolute tool in this. Mm. To be fair, but that's his character. It's not. It's not Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern's lovely. He's currently playing, or actually, he's on uh, Netflix, uh, playing um, a dad in um, a series called Shrill. Really? Yes. Is he good? Um, yeah, he plays kind of like an old dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's all right. Trying to keep keep his. I haven't seen anything in stuff together. The Daniel Stern that I didn't like. I know. I know. I know this is going to be like a bit of a bombshell, especially afterwards. I could still watch Leviathan again. <laughs> All right, I know. Yeah, but I could still watch it again. Simply because there are some good... There are some in there. There are some good performances in there. It's just that the film's totally wow. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the next on the list is Ernie Hudson. Um, he plays one of the crew, and he's best known as Winston Zedmore in Ghostbusters. Yeah, who are you going to call? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ernie Hudson and his mates. doesn't quite work, really, does it? You might as well just <laughs> say. Yeah. quite got that ring to it. Um, we've got... Uh, then we've got two uh, actors that we need to talk about. Lisa Eilbacher. Nicely And Hector Elonzondo. Now, the thing about it is, is these, these two are one of the... When you look at them, you'll go, oh, them... And then you'll be racking your brain and going, I've seen them somewhere before. Hector, you will have seen, he was in Pretty Woman. He was quite prominent in Pretty Woman. Um, he played the uh, limo driver in Pretty Woman. And he's also in Chicago Hope for like ages. But I didn't watch, I don't watch Chicago Hope. I watched ER and that was long enough and it was good. It was great. But I just don't do hospital dramas as a, as a help. But Lisa, she was in Officer and Gentleman. She played the Axel Foley's mate in Beverly Hills Cop. Um, the, so the, when she goes, when he goes to Beverly Hills, you know, he basically he meets up with her. Um, and she was in a, a show called Midnight Caller, which I used, I did used to watch, and I'm kind of like, oh, that's where she's from. So even I forgot, Mister, his cyclopedia knowledge about all things eighties. But yeah, so there's, that's what this film so it kind of sums this film up. They spent they spent a lot on getting someone like Peter Weller fresh out of Robocop because Robocop was eighty seven, mm. Robocop two was nineteen ninety. Twenty seconds to comply. Yeah. Twenty seconds to comply. Okay. If you turned up on your speakers at that point, I apologise for that. anything that's going to happen. I love that. I love that uh, record. Yeah. Did you like the film or not? It was alright. Okay. Well, you, you like samples. Anyway, that's the end of Roll Call. Um, so, the film is, as you say, uh, wishes it was alien, desperately is not. Is not. Um, the story is, uh, basically, they're 16,000 feet down. They're deep-sea miners, basically mining for silver. Um, it centres in on Shack 7. So, presumably, there's like loads of these. You know, if this is number 7 then there must be a maximum of seven. Or the six previous failed. So you, you think they just keep building on the same place and making the same mistake? Mm, maybe. Okay, that's a bit... Mm. And they're on day 87 of a 90-day shift. You get a lot of information up front about what's going on down there. Um, I think that's called scene setting. Yeah, but I, 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 when you look at Robocop, if you if you think back to Robocop, um, half of it, probably two thirds of the movie, he's behind a mask, mm-hmm. so you don't really get to see Peter Weller act. So I think in this one, I I don't know if you agree with me, but I think Peter Weller can act, and I think if we had to pick out individual, well, it wasn't pe- very good in this movie. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, yeah. he's oh, he plays. Oh, all right, okay. I guess I guess because I've seen some of his latest stuff, you think, well, Peter Weller is cool. It's like to me, I don't think he's probably like Brian Ferry cool. What? Yeah, it's kind oh of like. Oh my god. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, the shift finishes. So all of these miners are out in these massive, huge, like diving suits. They move like one mile an hour, if mm. that, or 
How was that filmed? It can't have been underwater. Yeah, well, a bit like the Abyss. You know how they filmed the Abyss? No. They built, they took over a, I don't know why I'm talking about the Abyss and talking about a different film. I don't know how they filmed this, but I can imagine it's something like um, James Cameron took over a uh, an old t- uh, tank. Um, so, you know, imagine the one like the Oval, where we've got, you know, um, that there's that big structure by, in London by the Oval. And it was a huge tank, and he just filled it full of water, and he built the set down there. Yeah. And basically, they did everything down there. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just kind of like they walked slowly, uh, oh, and then without water, and then just made it no, look I like think, room water. To be honest, things like because Jaws, Jaws, famously, you know the scene with where Matt Hooper goes down to chisel the to look at Ben Gardner's boat, and he chisels out the um, the tooth. And then the head comes through the... Oh, pops through. Pops yeah, through. Yeah. That's filmed in Spielberg's swimming pool because you ran out of time. Oh. So there are things, there are places that you can go and film this. That could be filmed in, you know, a, a set that was just there. But Cameron wanted something bigger. He mm. wanted like an epic sort of mm-hmm. scale to film, film the abyss on. Which is, the abyss is a, you know, for me, the abyss is like a 9 out of 10 film. This is a 4... I think and I would have said it was about a seven from what I remember it but now that I've watched it again anyway the shift finishes diver in distress uh, apparently the suit's having a, a bit of a bit of a problem um, and it does look a, an impressive set for a film so they're all trying to like save this guy but Peter Weller's back there and, and he's calling for the dock and he's like the dock's not there the guy's in distress he's basically got an oxygen rupture in his in his tank Um they get him in, and you know, basically, he doesn't die. He doesn't die, but everyone's going, "Where was the doc?" Because we really yeah. needed you. And he, he, he basically was missing in action. He didn't know where he was. Yeah. And I don't know at this point what you're trying to set up is that the doc doesn't care. The doc's a bit of a maverick. You know, he doesn't play by the rules. You know, with a cigar in his mouth. I don't play by the rules. Um, he didn't do that. He didn't do that, but it's <laughs> kind of like that. Um, Did you want him to do that? Well, you don't know why why he wasn't there. I mean, he should have been there. Maybe he was having a big poo. Why Why is that coming to the podcast again? You said that in the last one. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't know if this is... Look, I'm quite happy to have, like, auditor alert. That's fine. <laughs> right, but you can't keep mentioning so toilet sorry. stuff every... Okay. Right. It'll happen again, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, at this point... Um, Daniel, they're all like hanging out, and that you know the guy's gone to be checked out by the doc. Apparently, he just like turns up and then says, "Right, well, okay, I'll, I'll look after this guy." And you're introduced to Daniel Stern and his character. You know, this was the late eighties. Yeah, the docs. Inappropriate stuff all around. Oh, isn't it? but his acting though—it's awful. Daniel Stern's. Oh, the doc. Yeah. Oh, doc. No, Daniel. <coughs> I'm talking about Daniel Stern now. We've moved on from the doc. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. no, I'm still on the doc. Oh yeah, okay. The dock of the bay. <laughs> um, Maybe you should have stayed in the loo. I told you about that. Anyway, um, so the captain comes in and it's clear that Daniel Stern just ribs him and all this like. There's no there's zero respect. I mean, it's just he's just not respected. But apparently, they've worked too many days, so they have to take a day off. Um, and he said look it's union rules and they've got a union rep down there um, which is weird because there's only about nine of them um, but there's they've got this union thing which says that on day 88 of a 90 day shift tomorrow you take the day off but they haven't met their quota no for the mining absolutely well but he though reckons they can make the quota anyway so you're stuck down on an undersea platform. <laughs> what do you do on your day off? And this is where it's weird because you then see them the next, like, relaxing and doing what they would normally do, like on a day off, right? One's doing yoga. Another one is like watching a film. S- someone's playing darts, and you're like. Is this what you do with your day off? Do you not like think you know you could achieve? Well, what more? else can they do? 
I don't know. Is there no, is there no more? I think a few people went and repaired some stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's a useful thing to do, like isn't it? Some for, maintenance for everybody stuff. else, yeah. Well, what would what would you do on the I don't know in outer space on the space station on your day off? Do you get the? Inter- I suppose you get the internet up there. You do some shopping. Oh my gee, you can't get it delivered. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet, hey Elon Musk, but he's working on it. Oh, Richard Branson. Why would you? Why would you pay for a space rocket to come all the way up to the space station to deliver like? Bowden Some dress. protein bars or something. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, you, Amazon deliveries. You never know. Amazon, Amazon deliveries. Amazon Prime. The, yeah. Well, now there's a US Space Force, so maybe they're going to be building stuff up there. Oh, you never know. Who knows? Hey. Mm. Anyway, uh, the doc appears. It turns out that he's actually a pretty poor actor. I mean, always oh, awful. I, right. I, I love Rambo. I like Colonel Troutman. I didn't like him in this. He just plays... Do you know what? Uh, to me, he reminds me of... He's like... He should be placed in one of those 80s adverts for, like, hair colouring. So, like, just for men or Grecian 2000. It's, like, really kind for of cheesy... For all our US listeners, I don't know if you have Grecian 2000. No, that was US, wasn't it? I thought just for men was. Oh, well, one or the other. But, um... Yeah, he's just got that classic 1980s kind of, mm, I don't know, sort of look, I Mm. guess. I should have said something at the start. Um, It would be promoted when we do the podcast, but you can actually go and watch this entire film on YouTube. It's free. You don't have to get the Blu-ray. But everybody's going to be scrambling now to go watch this. Sorry, I should have said that at the start. so go and watch it it's a stop right now I mean we've only just begun with the film um, if you go and search for Leviathan Blu-ray um, it's there and you can go and Blu-ray. watch it Blu-ray oh my god yeah anyway um, uh, uh, the geek in me picked up this next bit Daniel Stern's working with uh, Lisa and basically uh, he's ogling her while she's on a, uh, a sort of ladder and she's fixing something and basically her um, chest is at his eye, light, eye, height, eye height and he goes what a pair mm. yeah and I just thought back to Marv in Home Alone 2 <laughs> cricking up and going what a hole oh my god and I went was that his thing did, did, did I, have I missed something is that what he did because he said it exactly the same as Marv well, I'm, good he didn't, I'm glad he didn't say that line in this film because that would have a completely different meaning. It depends on where he was standing, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, but yes. <laughs> Ooh, bit of smut. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so a year, t- three years later, he would say that line. Don't forget, while this film was out, Daniel Stern was filming Home Alone. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so... You know, he was he was promoting it and then going and being beaten up by Macaulay Culkin, which is great. Um, so yeah, sorry, that's geek geek alert. Um, so they have a link to back to the surface, and in the surface, it's like this oil rig thing, whereby they probably you know they use that as kind of like a base uh, up there, and they have a link to talk to the boss, and she's very eighties. Is she called Martin? Was she? I can't remember. Wait a minute, let me have a look. Roll call. Roll call. Miss Martin. Ah, uh, right, okay. Because, mm. uh, yeah, they just called her Martin. Well, because... And I thought, that's, that's a bit like weird. Pu- like public school. Is that... Like Hunter? Chapelson? Well, I didn't go to one of those. Yes, well, I so did. I've, I've no idea what Hunter you did. for years. Anyway. Um, it's supposed to be like this video conferencing thing where he talks to her and she replies. But it's... It's clear that he can see her, but there's no there's no camera around the, yeah. team, around the monitor, <laughs> so she can't quite see him. completed that video conferencing loop. No, they haven't. So basically, she's talking to him like she can see him, and like she you know she leans in to look in the camera, and you know is quite like stern while she's saying something, and he could be flicking the V's at the the monitor, and she'd never even know it's happening. <laughs> and I was just like, where is the camera? There's nothing. And she anyway. has some serious power suits. And there's definitely some kind of like real serious 80s vibe in, in office decor. It mm. looks a little bit like kind of like a up class kind of bar almost. Mm. 
like a 1980s kind of I don't know arty bar yeah yeah it's something nice, like isn't that it? oh it is it's very 80s yeah but, um, anyway back to them on the day off they're, they're cleaning shoes uh, which is a new thing so you know I don't know just, why just what just what you need to two days before two oh, days beforehand me. yeah let's clean my shoes um Daniel's, Daniel Stern goes for a... Excuse me again? Um, what's the best way to describe it? What? A gentleman's gentleman's time alone. He nicks a copy of Playboy. Well, he's got a lady with not a lot on. Yeah, uh, so it's one of those mags. Posters yes. above his Stroke mags, bunk. as they were called. But anyway. I wouldn't know that. <laughs> um, but uh, joke's on him, because the sea spider that he <laughs> hid in one of the suits for the... Uh, Amanda Pays, the engineer, um, to, to find. She hides it in his bed and he finds that. And it turns out that he can give it, but he can't take it because he mm. starts going mad and then going. Um, so they're both put on sea duty, um, which meant that... So Daniel Stern's character is called Six Pack, uh, which they used to... Absolutely zero comedic effect. Um, so basically they have to go out and keep mining... Um, despite the fact that they were told that they couldn't mine, out they go. Um, they blow a ridge, six pack falls over the ridge, and then they, they blow. How they mine is they put a drill into a piece of rock, put a charge in it, and blow the charge, and then try and get the, the stuff that's behind it. But six pack falls over the ridge. She goes to try and find him. She gets caught up in these things called tube worms, mm. which is a bit odd, which is very odd. I don't know if they're actually real. Hmm. Well, it just looked like somebody had dumped him in the swimming pool and she was walking through them. They look like, like the the woggles, like the noodles that you yeah, can they, use. Yeah, oh, to assist like, you with swimming. With like rather a rude end on them. Did you not think? <laughs> well, we we all look at things in our in our own ways, don't we, sweetheart? We all see things that if that reminds if that reminded you of something, then it's a. <laughs> That's far, uh, far longer than you flatter me, is what I should say, perhaps. Yeah, but they're about like five foot high. <laughs> that's definitely flat. That's, that's definitely not to scale. Um, that would look odd. Oh anyway, um, I have to click a button when I submit the podcast and it says, does this, does this contain Smut. any explicit content? Well, it's not explicit because we've not said Yeah, you swore rude. on the podcast once and I had to edit it out. Oh, wow. And you went... Ah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, she finds she she finds she still doesn't find six pack. She finds this ship, as in like there's no sonar on this. I know thing it's at ridiculous. All that says that's rock, that's rock, that's rock. That's this rock. is a ledge. This is a massive, massive, massive metal ship. Yeah, it's like, no. and it's like, and it was it was it must have been what, hundred hundred and fifty yards away. Yeah, if that. Yeah. Anyway, to find the ship, uh, look at the, the the doc who can speak Russian, <laughs> Mexican, Brazilian, and a bit of Swahili or something. And Hindi. And Hindi, that's right. He says, oh, that's uh, called Leviathan. So they look it up on their computer. Um, yes, it's a very 80s computer. Strangely enough, it doesn't look as advanced as the computer in Alien, which is odd. But anyway... Um, again, it's trying trying hard to do that. Uh, they look it up, and the Russians still have re- uh, reported as still in active duty in the Baltic Sea. In the Baltic Sea, which is a bit weird. So that's where the 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 line comes from. He says, and she goes, Leviathan, currently on duty in the active duty in the Baltic Sea, and he says, currently it's rusted junk, and I'm looking at it. No, ah, yeah. There we go. So, Amanda Pay, she's in there, she's exploring the ship, she gets attacked by a carp. I think it's a carp, it looks like a sort of smallish fish style thing. A fish, no idea what it is. It's a fish with teeth. But a lot of fish have teeth. Well, it you just like don't see carp. them. Right. Uh, she finds Six Pack, and guess what? He's holding a box. So he's obviously looted this thing. So rather than saying, oh, by the way, everyone, I fell over the ridge and I'm fine. He just turns his mic off and decides to go looking for hooch or whatever he can find in there. Hmm. And he finds this box. So they come back and 
I don't know about you, but I mean, I don't dive. Uh, but if I did find something that was down in the sea, I'd want to really like properly scan it because I don't know what's in there. Mm-hmm. And I'd want to check it. So, you know, wear gloves or wear some sort of protective thing because you don't know what's in there, really. Mm. No, what do they do? They bring it back, they open it, and they start taking the stuff out with their bare hands and, and start touching it and scan it for radioactivity. So they, they've got a Geiger counter <laughs> thing on, on there and they're just scanning these things for radioactivity. Now, don't forget, this is, yes, this is sort of post-Chernobyl. Mm. So... You know, people expect, oh, it's Russian, it needs scanning for some sort of radioactivity. But it's weird that they would have something like that on there unless they expect to find radio... Anyway, I'm going off point on that one. Sixpack finds a hit flask. So what does he do? He takes it out and he puts it in his back pocket. Without anyone else seeing. Yep, without anybody else seeing. But weirdly, there's personal effects in there and they find videos. So videos that are perfectly perfectly you know intact that yeah well this is an airlock safe yeah but it, it was all rusted up and it looked like it it looked like it not was damaged not inside it looked like it was damaged okay well should it have been in the is that auditor proof is it is that uh, but you can get bomb proof safes yeah yeah I know you can but I wouldn't find expect that to find that on a Russian ship would you or why I don't know Maybe I need to go and research Russian ships. There's also, pers- the personal records are in there and it's deceased, deceased, deceased. They're just going through these records and basically... Anyway, they open this box out, they tip it out. <laughs> the video still works. Um, and they come to the assumption that the hole in the side of the ship was made by a torpedo. And somebody goes, do you think they sunk the ship on purpose? And the thing is, at that point, why would you think that? Mm. You know, it's almost like, no, the ship sunk, it was torpedoed. It might have probably been torpedoed by somebody. Maybe there's been a little like, battle here at some point. <coughs> um, they find an infirmary on the ship as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Uh, the next thing is because they don't know about it this is one of my favourite lines of the film uh, Peter Weller says I know about rocks I know about stones I don't know about Russian boats <laughs> uh, which I thought was great because it kind of felt like is this a thing that we've got to carry on <laughs> I know about cyber but I don't know about rocks and stones and then somebody else passes it on and says <laughs> I know about Russian boats but I don't know about Norwegian fish farming and then people just have to carry it on and then eventually, everyone with the collective knowledge, you know, all around the world, then go, I'm good at this. Who knows? But yeah, I love that one. Um, the He hides the... Uh, there are bottles. There's like a bottle of vodka in there, hmm. isn't there? Um, he hides the captain. Uh, Peter Weller hides it in his, in his safe. Hmm. Um, they all managed to get his personnel records I don't know how because the security on this exactly security on this thing must be dreadful he just he says how did you manage to get that or yeah I have my ways so he gets that and then says reads out his social security number and goes oh he can't be that stupid that that's the key to his that's the uh, combination to his safe Uh, and it is and then they open the vodka and then they all go ha 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 let's have some vodka the captain will never know we'll replace it with water well he's one step ahead of them he's already replaced it with water and that's what they're drinking so the joke's on them um so there's uh what's the next bit so uh amanda pays is jogging again she's a lot of jogging in this mm-hmm. um so she's jogging she bumps into the captain um and she starts flirting with him Mm. And weirdly, the score changes and it turns into this very, very odd and very, very weird sort of romantic music in the background. Yeah, I thought that. And it's kind of like, so wait a minute, when I'm going to flirt with the captain, do you know what? I find the captain, 20 days in, she goes, I find the captain quite, you know, dishy. Dishy. Dishy, absolutely. (laughs) And, And so she waits until day 88 at this point to start flirting with him. 
and he's got obviously taken aback that she's flirting with him and he kind of likes it and you know he's doing all this but um so yeah so you have that in the next day they're in breakfast I noticed they've got fresh pastries there so I, God knows unless they're getting the fresh pastries delivered to them 16,000 feet down well the weird thing is yeah it's like these trays kind of like pop out of this hatch don't they and it's got like a breakfast like a breakfast yeah kind of serving unless they froze oh wait a minute they could have frozen them but the weird thing is... How do you cook pastries in the ocean They put all like, the rubbish in this sort of trash thing. And then you hear it go... <laughs> almost as if it's sucking it away. Did you not notice that? No, I didn't notice that. And I thought, with my environmental hat on as well, I thought, where the chickens is that going? Where would it go? Where, wh- into a Hopefully into an environmentally sealed... Um, waste disposal that they carry back with them in the sub when they go up. Hmm. I like to think. Otherwise, oh, well, this was the 80s. It was probably flushed into the ocean. It was probably, yeah, just got sucked, yeah, it's, yeah. sucked and it's tossed out into the, not my problem. into the ocean. That they were, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, this film might be responsible for some of the plastic waste in the world. <laughs> so yeah, don't watch it, kids. Um, anyway, six pack isn't well. He's got spots on his back. Um, and they decide the spots are big enough that he needs an evacuation. So, back on the video conferencing, it's only one way to the boss. Um, and she says, no, 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 no. Which, what kind of spots? So, they start talking about it. She goes, no, 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 no. Pick up would be bad. Um, basically, there's a hurricane on the way. So, I can't, I can't authorise that. And so, we can't pick you up. So, there's going to be a bit of a delay picking you up. Um so cut back to six pack and so Daniel Stern is on the bed and it's, it, his back is covered in it and the doc I don't even think he's got surgical gloves on no he picks up the scalpel and takes a sample off his back off his neck I thought it was his back I thought it was, oh, sorry, off, no, it was his, off neck. his neck that's right so he puts it in the the late 80s graphics um, <laughs> microscope that he's got there it's and like he just BBC looks at computer, this and goes, isn't it um, yeah, and then puts in the computer, and the computer goes, mm, "No." I, oh, I know. I, yeah, yeah, hang on. It's got this ability to talk and recognise commands and things. Yes, it has. But and it's and it's odd. And it's really weird because, like, um, they're trying to find out what this sort of disease thing is. This thing, and it and it sort of says it's unknown, and the doctor basically asks it. Uh, what exactly is it? And and the computer says, take a guess. No, the computer. Well, the computer says it's un- unknown. Yeah. Yeah, and then so the doc. That's when the doc says, sorry, yeah, take a guess. So the computer, like like some sort of sort of surly teenager, goes, well, I don't know. It's probably genetic mutation. Yeah. It's like how bizarre. And it's is like, that? why didn't you say that in the first place? It would have yeah. saved me. You know, we would have saved ourselves oh, at least sorry, 10 seconds. Oh, sorry, I just got to interrogate the computer. Hang on a minute. Are you, sure, you know, you should have play, kept playing with it. Are you sure it's a genetic mutation? Well, I don't know. It could be some sort of... You know, leave me alone. I'm just trying to do my computing thing. You know, why ask me questions? It's because I'm the doctor. Um, anyway. Um, Six-pack dies. Um, yeah. Does he? Yeah, well. So... Um, it's really weird though because no one on the ship or on the station is that remorseful or that panicked the fact that he's passed on not hit not not him it was a bit more when when the future person dies when the next person dies they're kind of like yeah, but really when you've lost a member of your team for yeah, six pack he was a bit of a you know and I, I, yeah so, I, get, I get I get that some people are a bit down, downhearted on it anyway the mm. doc says to Peter Weller look six pack's dead but you need to see this no gloves no mask let's go and examine him no 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 he gets the mask he gets a very flimsy mask no gloves no, no prote- apron oh a tiny tiny little mask no protective suit or anything no. like that this this area is now it's unknown it's a biohazard well according to the computer it's unknown or it's genetic mutation it depends which way the computer feels like talking at that, to- at that point so they examine him and then 
Peter Weller says the great line, um, I don't want I don't want everyone to panic. I don't want to panic. Oh, they don't tell Six Pack that he's dead. Sorry, I just got that wrong. They don't tell the crew that he's dead. Oh, they don't? That's right. They don't oh. tell him he's dead. So they said, I don't want to panic. And I'm like thinking, well, he's dead. How much more, you know, you can't avoid a panic at this point. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just a bit weird because they're all like walking past and then they're like, why are you examining, where is Six Pack? And he's like, how's he doing? And they're like, oh, he's all right. You know, don't, don't worry. Anyway, because uh, Lisa uh, has... Uh, taken some of the Daniel Stern's vodka uh, in the hip flask she starts getting ill and she starts getting a fever uh, they're back on the phone to the boss the boss goes look look this evac what if it's gonna what if it turns out to be nothing he then formally asked for the extraction and she said I can't rescue you yeah, you there is a hurricane now it's gonna be a 12 hour delay so the Lisa who I'm gonna say I'm gonna call a drinker because I just kept referring to her as other drinker but so yeah she just she everyone starts t- touching her skin and everyone mm. and she's, she's got skin problems but everyone's touching her skin as if like there's not a problem with this um, this is probably where the film starts going a bit up until that point I will give you that there was there was there was the beginnings of a film in here there was there was the foundations to something that would have might have been a six or possibly a seven out of ten really but, but no I, I think this is okay. where it starts going a bit bit mad so because nobody knows six packs dead ernie starts talking to uh ernie hudson from ghostbusters starts talking to the body bag even though because you know it's like a sheet over him um and weirdly the body starts moving we know six packs dead but obviously something's alive in there but ernie hudson thinks it's six pack because he hasn't been told he's dead and you're like okay i get that um back to the drinker she's going oh don't leave me and then the old 80s, 80s thing or the old horror thing where she puts runs her fingers through her hair and some of her hair starts falling out. You're thinking, oh God, what's she got? And all this sort of thing. Um, she then goes to see Six Pack because her hair's falling out. She's got rashes and everything. She's allowed to walk freely throughout the ship, you know, in this, in this particular thing. She goes into the quarantine zone just with a towel around her type thing to say, oh, Six Pack, my hair's, hair's coming, you know, out. She sees the side of his neck, and she sees the pus and and everything that's coming out. And she's going, "Oh!" And she panics. And then, you know, next thing you know, she's gone. Uh, they find her in the shower, and she's slit her wrist because she says, oh, "I don't want what's happened to him to happen to me." Mm. So she she does that. Um, so anyway, the what's happened is. Um, they put her in the same room as Six Pack. So all the dead bodies are in the same room. And as they're walking past, they don't see that this massive creature has a- a- appeared. And they don't oh, notice yeah. it. You see the shadow of the thing, but they don't see it. And you must be going, how can you not see that? Um, it's very odd. Anyway, the the doc comes in and goes, look, everybody, sorry, there's a 12-hour delay. And they go, oh, 12 hours, what are we going to do? And I was thinking, well, clean your shoes and play darts and do all the things you were doing before. Um, it's clear now that Six Pack's mutated with this thing, uh, with the other one. Uh, and then they're, they're carrying the body bag just to throw it throw it out. Yeah, that's really bizarre because, like... They're going to put it in an airlock or Surely, like, you'd you'd contain it in some way, shape or form or incinerate it if yeah. you'd got the, the powers to do that or, I don't know, deep freeze it or whatever. They must have some kind of storage facility mechanism thing mm. or disposal. But no, what do they do? Ship it out to sea. Ship it out to sea. That's it. Get rid of it. Stick it in the sea. Absolutely. So, just as they're about to do it, they're all holding it, and somebody goes, I, I think something's moving. And then somebody else goes, yeah, I think something's moving as well. Next thing you know, bag rips open, and it's a meld of people. Mm. It's the meld of the two of them type thing. Um, they manage to try and, like, wrestle this thing and try and flush it out, and it gets trapped, and part of a limb gets... It's a leg. Gets, yeah, it's a leg, sorry, yeah. Um, it gets cut off by the door that, that's going down, so there's now two instances of, the, of these things because but they, they don't realise do they, they don't know that 
Um, so the monster effects are, are below par, really, on this. I mean, it's just not. You again, I'm, and I'm sorry to keep mentioning it, but you know, the when you when you finally see the alien in in a in Alien, when you finally see it for the first time, when it's fully realised, that is a that is a massive event. That is a big thing. I mean, the, the creeping tension in a film like that, mm. this film could only dream about. Um, but, you know, do you, I don't know how much you remember Alien. Do you remember when they were trying to find it and they were trying to seal the, the, the tubes? And you have Tom Skerritt, again, moving target, Tom Skerritt. Um, and he was going down and he's going down with, his, with a flamethrower and he's going, going through and he's trying to capture this thing. And he goes down and he goes, oh, no, 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 it's coming right next to you. It's coming right next to you. And so he climbs down some stairs and he goes and he gets to the bottom of the stairs. And oh, it's he turns around him. and it's right in front of him. And oh, you've got the God, alien yeah. and it's yeah. outstretched. Yeah. Uh. And it's just like, that is a moment. That's a really moment. Uh, this film does none of that. <laughs> <laughs> it mimics some of it. Anyway, um, they find the hip flask. Uh, it's found out that the Russians were, they come to this bizarre conclusion within about 20 seconds that the Russians laced the vodka with this virus to send the ship out to see what happens to everyone and it'd be like what they're all going to turn into monsters what else were you expecting you know what what sort of the genetic mutation were you expecting if you're going to hide it all in the vodka anyway um, they argue a bit somebody turfs his jigsaw off and stuff like this and guess what Amanda Pays goes jogging again so yes <laughs> so there she is um so, you know, the guy that's throwing his jigsaw, how can you do a jigsaw? This, this, this is dreadful. This is really bad. Um, anyway, Ernie Hudson goes off. He's watching videos of rivers. I don't know why. It's just a bit weird. It just looks all a bit. Um, uh, one of the guys that is still alive, um, Jesus, I think his name was, mm-hmm. um, he opens up a hatch and gets attacked by a snake. Oh no! And it's the limb, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the teethed kind of teeth. Yeah, there's the fish amphibianist, yeah, sort of slimy slug worm thing mm. that's used the leg as kind of like a host and then that climbed out. This thing, yeah. And then weirdly, I've no idea. It ends up in the cupboard in the kitchen. Maybe it was looking for cookies. I don't know, but it ends up in this cupboard, and he opens it. And also make himself a cup of tea or something. And that's slapstick stuff, isn't it? And it comes out at him and then it kind of burrows into his torso. So he's there going, oh, oh. And like this thing's kind of like looking like an eel out of him and like he doesn't know what to do. And oh God, it's all a bit kind of like Yeah, and at this point you're kind of like, okay, we've still got to watch this because this is part of the podcast. But all right, okay. And I think you said at that point, how long's left? And it's like, unfortunately, at this point, it's 25 minutes. So let's do this fairly quickly. So we've got better things to get on. So they go out looking for it. They arm themselves. They go out looking for it. Ernie Hudson has an iron bar, which isn't quite a tall one as well. So if you wanted to swing it about something, you need to take quite a run up. <laughs> not not like a Michael Caine run up in Dirty Rotten Scandals. But, <coughs> but anyway, um, so they've got chainsaws. They've got drills. They've got a flamethrower. Ernie Hudson does the... Um, the line that probably he was destined to do now we're talking turkey um from from then on it just looks like a bit of you know hector gets ill uh it's just it's just a mess you know i've i've written i've written things in here that they go looking for it the doc goes they can't possibly have this virus even though they're about to flush into the ocean you know about like 10 minutes ago so the doc puts all the escape bubbles and, you know, they he basically ejects all the, the escape pods that they can't leave. Hmm. And so to contain this thing down and so that it and can never get the up message. There. Yeah, but despite the fact that... And he sends the message that, yeah, everybody's dead and, you know, uh, all the quarantine. Um, he sends an email to the MNO and says genetic alterations and, and does something like that and basically says that this is the, this is the reason. So... The, well, the weird thing is, is that from from 
from his point of view, he's he's doing this because he thinks it's the right thing to do. But there's a chance they can get out, and you don't know that the monster can't themselves get out and go into water. Spoiler alert, the monster can swim. So you can like what I don't know what you're trying to contain down here because it's gonna get out anyway. Mm. <coughs> anyway. Um uh, Hector is ill. Um he basically has his his chest explodes. Does that remind you of anything? Hmm. Yes. Again. Alien, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's got a fang in his hand. Oh yeah, that's that's weird. So he intacts the dock with the fang in his hand. Yeah. In the palm of his hand, right in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. So the, now the dock's infected. So the only three that left are Robocop, uh, uh, Amanda Pays the Jogger, and Winston Zedmore from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, yeah. Right? So this monster is now larger because as it takes over, we find out that it absorbs the, the intelligence. It? it absorbs intelligence of its victims. Yeah. It's like how, the, how do you know so much? Oh, and about it goes and thing? robs the the blood cabinet in the in the in the pharmacy area. That's right. Doesn't it takes it? all the blood out. But how do they know so much about this monster so soon? Because you've got a silly computer that goes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit like the um, the the inside out and the head of the teenager. A bit like, a bit like Red Dwarf. Know. Yeah. Well, the computer doesn't know. It's all right. Okay. Well, God, if you're going to bug me, it's a genetic mutation. The, the computer's obviously not help helping. The doctor's a bit of a tool. Who is making all of these huge, massive leaps of, of logic, faith in logic, to say, oh, we know all about this. Mm. It nicks blood. <coughs> it absorbs intelligence. How do they know it absorbs intelligence? Mm. The thing itself is not intelligent unless you go, oh, it knows how to go from room to room. I mean, there's, I can't remember. I might have missed it signs that this thing is displaying intelligence but when you see it it's a mass of heads and limbs and and i don't understand how it can get around because it's very oddly shaped at one point it's got loads of like tentacle things and then those tentacles have got like teeth at the end Mm. haven't they Mm. they're a bit weird yeah and then when it's walking around it hasn't got the tentacle teeth yeah and then it's got like this massive kind of head and then it looks like a person and it's like there's no continuity to the shape of this monster. Mm. It's it's very bizarre. Uh, Unless there's more than one. <laughs> it is. Um anyway, the boss is back on TV and at this point you would just think um, I wondered whether the boss was in on it, whether well, she she knew yeah that the, that this Leviathan was down there and that this genetic No, I think stuff she that's the link I didn't understand is because she's basically saying, oh, yeah, OK. But then when she asks originally for Daniel Stern six pack and say, what's the spots look like? I don't mm. know why suddenly she's going, oh, they can't possibly come up again. Yeah, that's that's a bit odd because you don't understand the leap in that. Anyway, she's obviously made her mind up. She said the hurricane's turn. It's going to be 48 hours. Get some rest, she says. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, great. OK, well, hold up in one room. This thing can rip through doors. Yeah. They've got a flamethrower that apparently has unlimited gas because it never runs out. Oh, that was my line. Was it? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. That's all right. It does. You can have that. They hold it up and they start taking shifts. Anyway, they check the weather. The weather's blocked. They're not allowed to find out what the weather's like. So the file's closed. But they do manage to get to the stock market news, <laughs> uh, which assuming would have like, I know this was like late eight. It wasn't even the internet, but don't you think they'd have a little weather stock thing going along? A bit like CFAX. CFAX, yeah. <laughs> oh, Google just, CFAX. Just missed the those. page. I've got to wait for page oh. 22 and we're on one. For, for our uh, <sighs> listeners of a certain age in this country, and uh, that would mean something for everybody else and probably the rest of the entire planet, wherever you listen what? from. We've got a listener in it was Germany. Teletext. We've got a listener in Germany. Oh, hello, listener in Germany. Oh, yeah, oh, we love tag. you. Yeah, we love you. Um, but anyway, um, but news of their tragedies hit the stock market. So it's obviously the woman that they're talking to has fabricated this story and said, by the way, terrible mining accident, everyone's dead. Yeah, and they're not. And the stock market is plunged in the company. And they're like, no, 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 we're still alive. Anyway, monster hits the air supply, not the group. Um, <laughs> that'd be good if the monster had some musical taste. 
Even the nights are bad. Well, if it absorbs intelligence, it could play multiple uh, multiple instruments at once. It could be a one a one monster band. Well, <laughs> monster mash. It would have been nice if the film had taken that, that turn. It would have been a lot better. Anyway, they've got ten minutes to implode. Um, in ten minutes, they're going to explode. This thing is massive. I don't know why they can't hear it. It seems to be creeping around, but this thing is massive. You can hear it coming from space. Um, it appears they electrocute it. Um, you know. Uh, anyway, they managed to escape. They managed to get into suits and they managed to escape. Um, I, I'm going to skip skip to this bit because at this point it's just a case of what they what they plan to do is get out, trap this thing down hmm. down there get into the suits, rise up to the surface yeah, and just take the chances in the hurricane yeah. because they go, well, we, we've got to because we can't stay down here no. because it's not, it's not going to work. So... Which I may add. Yeah. Cut to the, the Leviathan poster. Yeah. Artwork. Right, which is the... I and mean, that's good artwork. It's a great art piece yeah. of artwork. Yeah. It has no relevance or actual footage in the film. No, because it shows she she gestures into the suit the suit that she's on, so she comes out of the suit. But only on, when she's very very near at the top, <laughs> twenty thirty feet from the top, if that. Well, probably less than that. Um. Anyway, they get to the top, and all of them are there. And guess what? It's sunny. There's nobody else around. Yeah, they were hooping. And there's a helicopter. Uh, that's going around the helicopter doesn't see the first flare that they put but then the second flare goes up and then the helicopter's arriving and just when you thought it couldn't get worse what happens next? Oh, it's trying to be another film yeah yeah they're getting circled by sharks yeah <laughs> I'm just thinking great <laughs> can we catch a break? I think they got a bit confused as to what film they were filming maybe anyway the helicopter lands like it does in Jaws 2. So I don't I I kind of thought that that was kind of like a bit of a homage thing. So obviously the helicopter pilot gets it in Jaws 2 very gruesomely in which wasn't in the film but is in on the Blu-ray it's in the outtakes of what actually happens to the helicopter pilot when he's dragged underneath and I might they should have left that in. But anyway, that's a different matter. Helicopter lands and guess what? This monster can swim. So we told you earlier that it could. And it comes Apart to the from the fact, right, the monster had its head head crushed. Yes, but it, obviously this thing can mutate. But now it's got a form. Instead of being a massive thing, it actually looks like a, you know, a toothed massive tooth beast type thing. And you kind of like say, okay, I get that. Um, but it's it, it it looks like it's treading water. It, it's hmm. the majority of it is out of the water, and you're kind of like, well, what's keeping you up? Have you got? Have you just? Is it? <laughs> Do you remember a um, Do you remember a, uh, a series in the eighties called Auto Man? No. Right. Okay. Auto Man was played by Simon McCorkindale, who plays Doctor Philip Fitzroy's in Jaws Three. No. When you watch Jaws Three, Simon McCorkindale is one of the best things in it. Right. But Simon McCorkindale had a, a, a sort of mutation thing, and he had a suit on as well, and he could change into any any a vehicle. So he had this thing around him called Cursor, and Cursor would draw him a vehicle, draw him into a car, and he'd become a car. Hence, Auto Man. Right. So, um, when I looked at, I don't know where I was going with that. I've got I, very puzzled expression. What yeah, are yeah. you talking about? No, it's kind of like suddenly this thing has mutated into a, a coherent thing, and it's got. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 very odd. So, um, if they weren't bo- if they weren't finished with Jaws two, they suddenly turn it into the first Jaws, which is obviously a masterpiece. Um, and one of the charges that they put into the rocks, he throws. Uh, he says, "Say ah." Uh, it's, it's kind of like he's almost like, "Say ah, muddy funster." Obviously, I'm not going to say what he actually says. But it's oh with no! Mothers, because mothers um, the doc's head is part of the mutation, so he throws it into the so doc's he throws mouth. it into the doc's mouth. Right. Yeah. And then, boom. Kaboom! Yeah. And this thing is suddenly contaminating the ocean. There's probably fifty of them there, 
um, which is probably a bad thing to do to blow it up. So the helicopter takes him to the oil rig. The oil rig, the boss comes, and the boss goes, oh, thank goodness you're alive, and all this, you know, faint stuff, even though she wants, she's reported them dead. Um, and he punches her. I know, I can't believe that. It was quite, That's horrendous. It was quite this. It was, it's one of those ones whereby, yeah, you kind of like, that's quite harsh. He punches her and knocks her out yeah. and just carries on walking. And and then the film ends. There's no there's no yeah. exposition afterwards. No. There's nothing. Nothing. There's the very little exposition in the film at all. It's like it completely lost the plot. Absolutely. So what do we give Leviathan out of? Well, do you know what? Oh. What happened to the first mutated monster? Still down there. That they ejected. They didn't get it. They didn't eject it in the end. Did they eject the, they ejected the body bag? The body bag. Oh, there's, then there's probably about seventy of them then. So there's still monster mutations out there. Well, I did look to see if there was a Leviathan too, but there wasn't. Oh well, there we go then. So yeah, don't worry. Um, so yeah. So my, what did I think of it? My score four. Four. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I was really disappointed because I was really looking forward to seeing it again. Oh, I know. It's not like that for our next film, which I'll tell you in a minute. But what okay. did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was um, trying, trying to be something that it clearly wasn't. Um, mm. I don't know. It just, just felt a little bit kind of mixed up, and it, it didn't have a proper structure to it. So. I did actually stop the film 15 minutes towards the end to yeah, make a said, cup of tea. Yeah, so can I have a cup of tea? And I'm like, oh, you've got 15 minutes. Even I was going, I, I, I can tell you how this ends. I remember the end. So for me to stop a film like yeah. 15 minutes to the end, which is when all the action... Oh, well, she and... didn't stop chances are, but then she'd, she'd never pause a boyfriend. <laughs> Would you? Oh, Robert. Robert. <laughs> Don't leave me, Robert. Um, He's a bit mean now. Yeah, well. Right. um, True. Moving on. uh, So next month's next. No, next. Yeah, I'd probably give it a three. Actually, yeah, seven out of twenty. Then. Crikey! Is that a new thing now? Well, you know what? The um, the two um, ratings that appear on the movie thing. Dreadful. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and there's something else with a green leaf. What's that one? Oh, I thought that was was a Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I don't know. Well, one of them put it at 17% and the other one put it at 26%. So one of them's... And I I looked at those and I looked at you and I was like, you're actually going to make me watch a film that's 17 and 26%? Uh, Well, okay. Uh, From Amazon, we have the one standout user review. Now that you said that, I'd forgotten all about it. The title, the 3rd of November 2003, one of those good sci-fi movies. It's short, but they say, Leviathan is one of those underwater sci-fi movies which were made in 1989. Abyss was a success with all the fantasy included. But Leviathan, and for example, Deep Star 6, never made it to the stars. I don't know what that means. Never made it to the stars? just wasn't the right moment. Leviathan was made with a good budget. Average actors, Peter Weller, Richard Crenna and so on, with professional director, George P. Kosmatos, who made a who made a wonderful job in Tombstone. So he directed Tombstone in 1993, which is a wonderful film. Story of Wyatt Earp, um, another one. Um, so he says, so what went wrong? Personally, I like the movie because it had a good plot Lots of action and little humour here and there. I liked it. Let's see if you like it. Sure, that wasn't one of the actors. 61 out of 81 people felt found this review helpful. Not for me. Is that before or after they watched the film? Well, hopefully. That's 14 years after it was released, so I'd like to think they watched it before they actually commented and said, yeah, it's great. Anyway, let's move on. Um, please contact us on at rustedjpod on our Facebook group, on our Instagram, which is, again, RustedJPod, mm-hmm. on there. Um, we haven't done a lot with Twitter. Instagram. I've said that already. You said Facebook. I said 
contact us at RustedJPod and on Facebook and on Instagram, which is also at RustedJPod. Um, and Twitter. Our next, shush. <laughs> our next film is The Wonderful, and it is wonderful. And I'm sorry, I, I, I mean, I've, yeah, it's just great. Uh, the Bill Murray, uh, Harold Ramis film, Stripes. Uh, we realised that we were doing films all past 1986, so we've gone all the way back to 1981 for this film. And I, spoiler, I just love Stripes. I really do. It just has such happy memories for me. Watching it when I was nine. Um, and when you watch it, you probably, probably realise why a lot of the jokes went over my head. But anyway, <coughs> that's us. I'll leave a... Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Croaky. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank um, you. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I'm sorry if we put you through Leviathan and you did actually go back when we were 18 minutes into the podcast and actually go and watch the film and then go, oh, I wonder if they liked it or not. I think we probably told you in the start that we didn't, but but thanks for watching anyway. <laughs> thanks for spending two hours, one hour. At least there's something good out of it. What? Rusty Junk. Oh, the, the, uh, our name of our podcast? Yeah. Yeah, but I probably might not have called it Rusty Junk if I hadn't if I'd known what I know now I still think it's pretty good because I always remember Peter Weller going it's Richard Junker we're looking at it and that fits in with the podcast yeah yeah, we'll so, them. yeah. thanks George P. Cosmatos for making the film but everyone else apart from Peter Weller yeah you don't cover yourselves in glory I'm afraid anyway I will see you next time when we'll be covering a comedy <laughs> this was probably a comedy in some way but anyway to be continued Thanks, Liz. Thanks for listening. See you later. Bye-bye.